All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Remshack. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. Shit. Let's get into it with the lead. Uh, welcome into Oilers Nation every day, the show where we break down Oilers losses. We are live from the Sports Closet Studio. The big game is Sunday. If you want to pick up one of those bad boys or just get some merch, our friends at the Sports Closet, they got you. They got you. Maybe you want, maybe you're a Diamondbacks fan and you really want to load up on some D-backs gear ahead of the World Series. They got you as well. Sportscloset.ca. We are live on the Oilers Nation YouTube, where the first comment of the day is going to Lance. He says, What do you think Tyler's best feature is and why is it his feet? That's weird. We're not going to get into that. What we are going to do, though, is get into another disappointing, 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 disappointing loss by the Edmonton Oilers. Give me your comments over in the Finning Cat YouTube chat. That rhymes. I didn't expect that to rhyme, so it caught me off guard. Shout out to Finning Cat, who you're going to see him around a little bit this weekend. This Friday and Saturday, you do not want to miss the WestJet NHL Fan Park with our friends at Finning Cat. It's located in the Edmonton Ice District. Visit finning.com slash heritage classic for more. I expect you all to be right pissed off in that YouTube chat. And I expect my co-host Liam Horbin to also be right pissed off about what we watched last night, Liam. It was NHL frozen frenzy day. Everyone was excited to watch hockey. And then the Oilers went and took a giant turd. Yeah, I, uh, (laughs) <laughs> they did. It was only a turd in the third period. Like everything else was kind of, I don't know. Like this team, it's uh, it's the hope that kills you to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you could call it the turd period. Hey, there you, uh, go. There you go. Uh, wise Kyle in the fitting cat YouTube chat says fitting cat, new sponsor alert. Hell yeah. Someone else said, bring up the condors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. We got Bruce Curlock coming up on the show in about 25 minutes. He's going to tell us who's playing well down on the farm. Sam Gagne made his season debut last night for the Bakersfield Condors. Um, Jake is in and says, is it time to worry? Abso-freaking-lutely. And honestly, I'm kind of with you. I There are some legitimate problems with this hockey club. Um, last night, I mean, good hockey teams, championship caliber hockey teams, When you're up 4-3, you need to know how to play a good road period. And whatever the hell the Oilers did in that third period, 
whether it was bad turnovers, moments where you're kind of just like, are you aware you're playing in an NHL game right now? Man, Liam, it's just when you sit there and you watch Colorado and you watch Vegas, go out, get off to the starts that they have. Those are the teams you need to be better than this year if you if you want to have a successful season. And the Oilers are so, so, so far away from being better than those teams. Yeah, they're they're incredibly far away. Like you watch you watch Vegas last night and the and the confidence that players play with. Like what's his name? Paul Cotier, I believe. The guy oh, the, the the fourth line guy who probably nobody had heard of until last night. There's a little there's an absolute goal of the year caliber goal. And you wouldn't see anybody on the others doing that because there's just no confidence through the team right now, unless your name's McDavid or Drysidle. And it's just like it's so frustrating. It's just errors upon errors. And you look through the goals last night, the Oilers allowed seven. Obviously, one was an empty net. Six of those goals were literally the Oilers' fault and why they ended up in the back of the net. And that is the biggest difference for them. You can't go into games on the road scoring four goals and still needing four to win. It's absolutely insane that we're at this point. And I don't know. Like It, it, it is very worrying because they're... The errors that are so avoidable, but are happening so often with the same players over and over again. So we're going to do a little exercise later on in the show. There are four issues, I think, with this team right now. And I'm going to get the two of us, also the YouTube chat. What we're going to do is we're going to rate them one through 10. One being like, it's not actually that big of a deal. We won't be talking about it in a month. And 10 being, it could very well cost them a spot in the playoffs this season. Um, so we'll do that a little bit later on in the show as kind of like a general overview of this thing. Uh, but first, let's get into the day after report. It's brought to you by our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant SherwoodFord.ca. Check out their extensive, extensive library of new and used vehicles. And if you see me in the nation truck, honk at me and then yell and scare me by making me think I'm driving bad. Um, all right, we're going to break down this game last night. And there is something I want to talk about before we get into anything else, Liam. And it's goaltending. We're going to talk about defensive zone. We're going to talk about structure. We're going to talk about a lot of things today. But last night I tweeted, we got the whole Jack Campbell experience. He made some 10 bell saves in that hockey game. A few that were just out of this world. You're going to see him on the highlight reels for the next 60 days, right? Leading sports center kind of stuff. He made some great saves. He got peppered with good chances in that game. He still gave up six goals. And what I saw in the replies to this tweet were a lot of people being like, oh my God, you're not watching the games. You're not paying attention. Look at the defensive zone play, which was bad. Look at the lack of attention to detail. It was bad. Not saying it wasn't. The Oilers, again, didn't really seem all that interested in putting up a big fight in that hockey game. There is also a point where four goals, borderline no matter how bad you play in front of them, four goals needs to be enough in the NHL. And if you're going to argue against this, here are the numbers. The Oilers, and this was Greg Wyshynski's tweet, is the one that originally got me into looking into this. The Oilers are dead last in high danger save percentage as a team, Liam. Their high danger save percentage, 6053. Second last in the NHL. Okay, so 6053 puts you 32nd. 31st in the league is 7059. Almost a full point, a full point better. That is how big the gap is. So you can sit there and say, oh, well, they get peppered, great A scoring chances, blah, 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 blah. How many breakaways have the Oilers been stopped on in recent games? How many times has Drysaddle had the puck on the side in his office and gotten stoned by the other team's goalie? How many times have there been a play where you go, man, that was a good scoring chance. It's just got to go in. It happens six or seven times a hockey game. And again, Jack Campbell made some very, very good saves. I get it. He was not good enough last night. And when your goalie gives up six, you're not going to win. And when you're paying $5 million for a goalie, he better be able to win you some goddamn hockey games, man. And I am so sick of people just wanting to give the goaltending a pass. And what there are only six teams in the NHL whose high danger save percentages are below 800. The Oilers are almost below 600. They're in the bottom quarter of the league by a mile. It's so bad. It hurts. And I think part of it honestly is because as a fan base, we've never had an elite goalie. We had a glimpse of it from Cam Talbot. 
Mike Smith would look like it for five, six games. There you go. That's it. We have never had an elite goalie, or I should say in the last 20 years, we haven't had an elite goalie. So we're just used to the used to the goalies being dog shit and us going, well, the team in front must be the problem. No, the Oilers should have won that hockey game last night. Jack Campbell, that puck that bounced off his skate and went through his legs. There's 64 goalies in the NHL right now. 63 of them make that save. I just, the goaltending needs to be better. You can't have guys with 870, 840, 830 and expect to be a Stanley Cup contending team. And everyone always wants to give the goaltending a pass because of how bad the defense is. And they were bad yesterday. I'm not saying they weren't. But at some point, your goaltending can win you a damn game when you score four goals. I'm kind of 50-50 on you with this one, Tyler, if I have to be completely honest. I think last night there was probably two goals out of the six, which is still not good, that Mm -hmm. Campbell would want to have back. I think the second one it was when the rebound kind of falls right in front of him and then he goes to cover it. I think that's kind of a 50-50 one. Like It's a bit unfortunate that Boosh goes to whack it and then it just kind of scrambles. But Campbell should uh, just suck that thing up. It shouldn't be down Mm -hmm. on his feet. On top of that too, though, he does that all the time, so I wonder if that's just kind of his almost routine in a way, which isn't good either. And, routine, yes. And then the sixth one, I believe it was the Hartman hat trick. You probably want to have that one back too. Yep. But also, I'm I'm having a difficult time really putting this on him too much. But I 100 understand what you're saying. But like, you look through the goals, and it's just like the I think Bouchard made three errors, three massive errors, and two of them could have been directly from him. So yeah. to me, sometimes you need your defenders to be better in front of you. And we can look at these grade A chances all we want. And I agree, the Oilers do need saves. And we've spoke about it at times how this team is, the goalies have broken backs in them. Like the Nashville one, you needed a save from Campbell. Uh, Stuart Skinner coming out of the crease the other night too. And then also against Vancouver in game two when uh, Lafferty scored. But your defenders can't make the errors they're making in front of them either. Like Bouchard on the, what was it, the fourth goal where the puck bounces off his stick and then all of a sudden it's in the back of the net. The other, the first one too, where Bouchard doesn't want to wrestle with Marco Rossi in front, who literally cross-checked him in the back of play before. Like It's shit like that that is bugging me the most about this team. You can see it here. Bouchard gets pushed out of the way and then Rossi scores. I don't know what Campbell's supposed to do on that play more than anything, but... I agree. The Oilers need a little bit more from their goalies too, but last night, I don't think that was the case for them. All right. I'm going to hit you with a number I dug up and Brent asked me the question. He said, Tyler, how many chances are the Oilers given up compared to other teams? Mm -hmm. I went to natural statric double. I am double checking right now. Five V five scoring chances against per 60 scoring chances against per 60. The Oilers give up. 24.44 scoring chances against per 60. Liam, do you want to take a guess at where you think that ranks? 24 point, what was it, sorry? 4-4 scoring chances against per 60. I would assume that's relatively good in the league. Sixth best in the entire NHL, Liam. The Oilers give up the sixth least scoring chances against at five on five. And their goaltending can't stop a puck when it matters the most. I guess yes. that some of you think I'm taking the easy way out at this. And the truth is probably somewhere in the middle of this whole day a debate. The defense sucked. Their lack of attention to detail stuck. Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner so far this season have sucked. And I believe in them. I still think Jack can have a, a really, really good bounce back season. I think Stuart Skinner is your goalie of the future. But right now, in this moment, they are a massive reason why this team has one win in six games. Like, I'm sorry. I I don't like the idea of, like, making the goaltending some sort of sacrificial thing where you just jump right onto them, whatever, because it can often be too easy to say that. But Jack Campbell reaches his paddle across, makes one save, and then everyone goes the rest of the hockey game being like, well, it can't be his fault. He robbed a guy on a two-on-one. What are we doing here? That one glove save, and I know it got everyone all fired up, yelling on the broadcast. That one glove save where he had to reach back, I don't know what he was doing prior to that save. He was like facing the wrong way. Half the net was open, and he had to act like a first baseman digging a puck out of the dirt, out of the dirt, reaching over to grab it. If he just plays positionally sound, six of the saves you think are impressive last night are not all that impressive, and the goalie at the other end made eight of them. 
Well, how about this? How about this as a statement? The Oilers' defense just isn't good enough throughout the game, and then Campbell is is allowing Oscar and is allowing so many goals, and then when they truly need to make a save, it's not happening. Do you think that's probably a fair way to evaluate everything? So it's on both of them. Yeah, it, it's on everybody, and I really don't want to make it sound like I'm. I know I am piling on them right now, but the last little area of numbers I wanted to bring up here: the Edmonton Oilers are allowing goals against per game, second worst in the league, four and a half goals against per game. The Vegas Golden Knights are allowing 1.86 goals against per game. I went to the new NHL stats website, NHL Edge. The shots that happen right in front of the net, right in front of the slot and in the crease. The Golden Knights this season have allowed 54 of them. The Oilers have allowed 50 of them. I know, I guess Vegas has played one more game. So there you go. That'll help their numbers. But the point is they're close. Even in that one extra game, the Oilers will give up five or six and the numbers will be close. Um, I j- it, they're not good enough, man. They aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. The goaltending is not good enough. The defensive zone is not good enough. Uh, and okay, we can talk about that actually in a second. The other thing too, it's lack of attention to detail. How the hell does an NHL hockey team take three too many men on the ice penalties in one hockey game? Three. And you know what's the worst part? They're lucky they didn't get more. There was yeah. three other chances in that or moments in that game where it's like that easily could have been too many men, or they had to give up a two-on-one because guys didn't know how they were changing. What the hell is going on? How do you do that? The do we have the third goal, Aaron? I can't remember who scored it, but that is a is a terrible, terrible line change on this one, too, that leads directly to a goal. Like uh yeah, it's this one right before like I cut the highlight too early, but the, you can see the bench is changing and Minnesota is coming into the zone. And then when the puck gets across, I believe it's Hyman literally has no time to go and catch his man. And then they just end up scoring on this play. And it's just like, how do you have so many bench errors throughout a game? Like I, I completely agree, Tyler. This was such a crazy thing that was happening last night. I think Minnesota got one, maybe two, whatever it was. And maybe the refs were just paying way more attention to it than they usually do. But also like, figure it out. Like there was the one when um, Philip Broberg didn't go for the change and then they called it because Kulak simply wasn't ready. And Broberg, I think made the right decision. I had to stay on the ice and try to avoid the two on one. And it's like, Brett Kulak, how are you not ready to come onto the ice? You are, are you a 10 year vet in the league and you're expecting a second year player just to like, I don't know. Like it's just such a weird, it was such a weird ride for this team last night in so many regards and just, Error after error after error. It's surprising they even managed to get four goals in the back of the net, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's an all-new level here for the Oilers. Um, uh, there was a comment in here. We're going to talk about the blue line next. Uh, Lawless 096. Bouchard is minus eight with eight points. He's been on the ice for 16 more goals than he's been a part of. That's actually not true. That's not how that stat works. That's why I hate just generally lobbing out plus minus because people don't quite understand it. Evan Bouchard's been on the ice for 125 minutes so far this year. The Oilers have scored 11 goals in that span. They've allowed 12. If you take power play out of that and just look at even strength hockey, and actually I'll go a step further. I'll go five on five. So we take empty netters out of it too, because those really aren't a defenseman's, uh, the defenseman's fault. So at five on five, he's been on the ice for 90 minutes. They've been outscored nine to four. Not great, but the gap isn't 16. He's on pace for like 108 points and he's on pace to be a minus 108 in his plus minus on the year. Like not good. Evan Bouchard has been bad, flat out bad. You could very easily make the argument. He has been their worst defenseman and it's a sizable gap. Yeah, I don't think there's an argument. I think it's a a factual statement. It is very clear. He cost the Oilers at least two, at least maybe three goals last night which ultimately was the difference in the hockey game. I don't know. I, I really feel like Jay Woodcroft has got to hold Bouchard accountable on, on some regard here, especially after the error on the, I believe it was the fourth goal that gave Minnesota a 4-3 lead. Like, you can't allow that to happen and then literally put him out the next shift. And I understand it. Like, Bouchard obviously went out and was the one who got the assist on, on Evander Kane's goal. And that's what he can do, but also... He's a defenseman and he needs to be able to defend more than he can attack at the same time, right? And yeah. it is it's difficult to to see that, I think, when you Bouchard makes so many errors. And then you look at Philip Broberg, who actually I thought a pretty solid game last night, all things considered. 
fine. Played less than 10 minutes, five on five. And I believe you only Adam Ernie was maybe lower than him on the, in the entire team on five on five minutes. Like what kind of message is that sending to the team when you can essentially do whatever you got to do defensively and make all these errors and then Broberg could do everything right. And he's not even playing 10 minutes. I don't think it's very fair. And I think that's something that Jay Woodcroft and, and maybe Manson, whoever is making those decisions need to think about down the road. Uh, okay. Someone in here, who was it? Um, Salty Dylan. Tyler's going to defend Bouchard. No, I, I just said he's been their worst defenseman and there's been a decent gap. Our boy, Tyler Mulek said, you know, he's an offensive defenseman. He's got eight points in six games. We need to stop with the hate. No, if, if you want to be a high end top four D man, like you can't be doing the stuff Bouchard's been doing. Um, we can go back to the Philly game. We can go back to a lot of the games this year where like he makes blatant mistakes and they're ending up in the back of the net. Now, if you want me to give a sliver of defense to Bouchard in all of this, which is funny because he's also he's also only been offering up a sliver of defense. <laughs> uh, every mistake he's made has pretty much ended up in the back of his net. It's kind of a bigger picture Oilers discussion too, where like it kind of seems like every mistake they make, every grade A scoring chance they give up is winding up in the back of their net right now. They're getting breakaways. They're getting great looks. They're not falling their way. Their shooting percentage is low. Like There is an element, as much as no one wants to hear me say this, there is an element of this thing that is bad, bad luck. And it will turn around. This team's not going to win one out of every six the entire year. They're not going to finish with 40 points in the regular season. They're going to go on a run. I made this point today on DFO Live with Frank Saravalli. Every year, there is a one-month gap where this team does exactly what we're watching right now. And they look like the worst team in the NHL for four to six weeks. And then what do they always do? They go nuclear in March. They have a strong 10-game run somewhere else. And they get into the playoffs. Last year, they almost won the Western Conference. And they were really, really bad from, I think it was, what, middle of December to middle of January, right? Whenever that LA game was. They were really, really bad for a stretch. And you know what we were doing on this show every day, Liam? Having the same conversations we were having right now. So this happens every year. I am still of the belief everything is going to be okay. But that doesn't make it any less frustrating to watch what we've watched last night and what we've watched through 6, 12, 18 periods in an overtime frame. Yeah, I I, I agree, Tyler. You're 100% right in the lulls that this team has consistently every single year. I think the frustrating part of it all, though, for fans is is the same headlines every time they go through these these troubling times. Is goaltending's poor and defensively they're awful. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's typically the same guys that are in those situations. So the Oilers maybe need to put the guys in better spots. I'm not hundred percent sure what they could even do. And like you said, I'm Bouchard. Like, yes, Tyler Mulek's right in saying like he's had a good offensive season and all that kind of stuff. No one's denying that. I mean he was on the ice for three of the goals four for the Oilers yesterday. So that's a big positive. But when you counter that with three against as well, it's not, it's not worth it. And I think the Oilers just need to hold players accountable, but they will be better. They are going to be better. I don't know when, but eventually this team will win a couple of hockey games in a row and we'll all be okay. Yeah, I, I am with you. Um, It'll be all right. Tyler Mulek, I I wish they could just dominate teams. Watching Colorado in 21 and Vegas last year, they were able to go through a full year of being dominant. I want that Oilers. Um, Vegas last year wasn't a full year. Like, I mean, they finished one point ahead of the Oilers. And again, the Oilers were bad for like a one-month stretch. So every team, for the most part, is going to go through a one, four, and one run. Um, Richard in the Facebook, the scary thing is that we're a cup contender. And I know whoever wins the cup will go one, three, one at some point in the season, but I can't see any cup contender look this bad in their own end over a five game stretch this season. A one-off game is one thing. Two weeks is a different story. And I agree with 100%. I totally, totally understand what you're saying there. Um, My thing is that the Oilers will then also go on a run whenever it happens. We won't know when it starts and we won't know when it'll end, but at some point there will be a stretch where we go, this team, this top nine can score at a rate that no other team in the league can. It'll happen. I know people are saying that Ken Holland should put Connor Brown on waivers before his bonus kicks in. I know people are saying, and I was a part of this bench of Andrew Kane and all of that crazy stuff. It's going to come. It'll, it'll come at some point. 
Connor Brown is a good NHL player. Evander Kane will score 30 goals this year. Zach Hyman will get the 30 again. Ryan Nugent Hopkins will get to 80 points. And the way they'll do it is by going on some big heaters. There will be a run where this team looks better than any other team in the NHL. It's just obviously not right now. What What do you think of Ryan McLeod? I'm, I, I'm getting a little... I don't even know word is the right way to put it, but he just needs to be better offensively. Like he's just not providing enough. And I know when you look at the the analytics, they look good and everything, but like one shot again yesterday. And it's just like, okay, we eventually need you guys to score a goal. Like if they got a goal from that third line last night, we might be having a different conversation today. Yeah, and I'm with you. Uh, there was only one forward line that didn't get scored on last night. It was Ryan McLeod, Connor Brown, and yeah. Dylan Holloway. Those were the only three forwards who weren't on the ice for a goal against out of seven last or out of, out of five, five on five last night. No, no, that's all of them. All of them. The only two D men or three D men who didn't get scored on were Broberg, Deharnay and Brett Kulak. I think the nice part with Ryan McLeod is that he's your third line center. And it's not one of those situations where he's a 22, 23 year old young centerman who the fan base and the organization is sitting there crossing their fingers going, oh, we need this guy to be a top six center for us one day. The Oilers don't need that. All they will ever need from Ryan McLeod when he is in an Oilers jersey is for him to be a serviceable third-line center. Am I worried about his production? Yeah, I had a family member the other day text me during one of the games and say, Ryan McLeod might just be a guy who skates fast. He might not be an NHL player. And I was kind of like, oh, damn. Like It's <laughs> tough to hear that. But then you watch how he plays and you're like, okay, yeah, he doesn't generate anything. But what he gives Jay Woodcroft is dependability. He goes out there and he does not get scored on, which yeah. I... I think you need to appreciate about his hockey game. Yeah, so. I, I I agree. And that's that's why I specifically said offensively. Like, I think defensively, when you watch that team play, you don't really, uh, what that line plays are, you don't even really watch them in a the defensive zone because the puck's always in the offensive end. And I think that's the growing frustration with it is the puck is always there for them. Like, Dylan Holloway had a great chance yesterday and he just put it so softly into Gustafsson's pads. And he's like, ah, you got to, kind of bear down on that a little bit, you know, put some muscle through your shot. And I think he would have got it. And it just, I just think that's where that line is right now. They're going to, they're going to forecheck their asses off every second they're on the ice. But when it comes to being in front of the goal right now, Brown, Holloway, all McLeod don't have that killer instinct to yeah. score, but there's so many positives with them too. But at the end of the day, the objective is to score goals, to win a hockey game. Uh, Ryan McLeod's been on the ice for 75 on five minutes and the other teams only scored once in that span. Um, like that, that's pretty good. Like that's a really, really respectable number. So, I mean, it's a high end number. Um, there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight guys who have played at least 70 minutes who haven't been on the ice for a single goal in the entire NHL. He's dependable, which is, I think what you appreciate about him. Uh, if we're talking about some positives, we're going to try do that here for a second. Uh, let's get to our moment of the game. And it is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. There's only one thing better than making new memory or than sharing memories. It's making new ones. Alberta Blue Cross travel insurance protects your memories and more wherever your travel takes you. Visit ab.bluecross.ca slash travel for more information. Liam, we talked about it a lot over the course of the summer. Contract year Warren Fogle. He's here. He's spectacular. He's beautiful. He's a totally different player. Yeah, he was he was unreal last night. He, the, the second goal, I think, just shows how much confidence Warren Fogle is playing with at the moment. His his second goal, sorry, but this one too, like gets a puck and just shoots. Just shoots. That's all he did. He didn't try and do anything fancy with it. He got his opportunity and he shot the puck. And that's all he did on his second goal as well. And I think the Oilers need. More guys like that who are just going to fire home the puck or at least give it a go when they have their opportunity. And Warren Fogle was was fantastic last night. The frustrating part is he barely played. For some reason, this guy only played more minutes than Adam Ernie and Derek Ryan last night. Like That's another thing. Woodcroft, if you're going to allow Bouchard to run around and do whatever he's going to do, you need to be able to reward your players who are actually having good games like Warren Fogle who are putting the puck in the net. Yeah. Warren Fogle, you tweeted it here, 13.38 last night. Uh, DeHarnay played 13.16. Ryan was 10.45. Broberg, 9.16. Ernie, 8.43. Um, I, I think what works against Fogle in this whole thing is just that he they don't put him out there on the PK and he doesn't get power play two time, right? So he actually played more 
or he played the exact same as Zach Hyman last night. They both played 1243 at even strength. So he played more than Connor Brown at even strength, played more than Ryan and Ernie at even strength. So I think the parade to the penalty box kind of killed his minutes a little bit. I, I agree. But why? Like, why is he not given the chance to go on that second unit power play and score? He has two goals in the game. Like, you gotta you gotta play your hot guys. And that's it's frustrating to watch. It's like Fogel has two goals tonight. Why is he not being rewarded for what he's doing to help the team win? And that's the thing that's just so obvious right now. Yeah. Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the ice for six goals against in last night's hockey game. Also not what you want from a guy who you're hoping could step up a little bit in Connor McDavid's absence. Yeah, it, it, was, it was unfortunate for Nuge too. Like I went back and watched the goals. There wasn't really anything he was directly involved okay. with that would have prevented the goals going in. But still, like just one of those, I guess, near every goal against. Warren Fogle, three goals in six games on pace for 41 goals this season. Pretty remarkable. Um, mm. Who are you buying out to bring him back next summer? Huh? Um, <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, he's been awesome, man. Um, ton of credit to Warren Fogle for coming out the way that he has, especially when uh, you kind of look at how he played in the last couple of years. Um, it's great. Mm. It's great. This is the Warren Fogle I was hoping we were getting when we swapped Ethan Bear for him. So um, yeah, I big, big stick taps to Warren Fogle. He's one of the few positives from last night's hockey game. The Oilers score four, not enough. They needed four more if they wanted to beat the Minnesota Wild. And now they come back to home ice tomorrow night. They'll be taking on the New York Rangers. Surely that's a team that's not playing very well, right? Son of a gun, they're four and two and have outscored the opposition 18 to 13. Damn, they're only giving up 2.17 goals per game. Damn. And I'm sure they're looking at the Oilers and going, hey, this is a good chance for us to get our goals again or goals four per game up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's not many easy teams to play in the NHL, as and New York Rangers definitely would never be one of them right now. I mean, hey, they surely don't they don't have good goaltending, right? Igor Shosturkin, how good is he? Maybe they'll start Jonathan Quick for old times' sake. Ah, let's hope. <laughs> if they, honestly, if they if it was a back to back, I would have been hoping for that. Uh, but they obviously played Calgary last night, and I don't think they're going to Vancouver the next night. I think they're in Vancouver on Saturday night. Or did they already play Vancouver? Sorry, I don't know the New York Rangers schedule all that well. Yeah, they're in Vancouver on Saturday night. So, yeah, not ideal here. Uh, Rangers rolling into town. They look pretty good. Uh, all right, Liam, before we move along on the show, I need to tell something. Tell the people something about this Sunday. If you are heading out to the big game, even if you're not one of the people who won your way into the game at our watch party at Greta to kick off the season, you can hop on our bus. Greta is going to be uh, loading up a couple of buses. So if you go... Nice little spot. Grab a drink. Grab some food beforehand. At Greta, you'll hang out with me. I'll be there having a couple beverageinos. Um, and then we're going to load up a bus outside Greta at 3 o'clock and take you to Greta. If you are not one of the people who won your way to the game at our watch party, it is going to be first come, first serve. But still, come to Greta. Have a drink with us beforehand. I know the boys are going to be doing pre and post game from there. We're going to be throwing a little bit of party, or a bit of a party for people who can't go to the game as well. So uh, giddy up. Our friends at Greta showing up. Uh, I'm excited for Sunday. Hopefully, hopefully, the Oilers will be like coming off a win against New York. Vibes will be better. McDavid in the starting lineup. It'll be fun. We can only dream. Dare to dream, Liam. Dare to dream. Uh, all right, let's what, get what to time these. Is that what? What time people are asking? Uh, you got it's the bus is going to leave at three and it's first come, first serve for the bus, is what I'm told. Okay. So I don't know. Show up at 9 a.m. Just start drinking then. Lord knows you might need to. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, let's get to the Star Mechanical guest line today. Star Mechanical, one of Edmonton's biggest locally owned and operated plumbing and heating businesses. They've been working within the community for the last 20 years. And a lot of the homes built in Edmonton and area over the last couple of decades, they got that Star Mechanical stamp on them. Liam, Star Mechanical ca bruce curlock our boy bruce i know you uh you must have really enjoyed that hockey game last night hey good defensive zone play structure for you to break down um well i mean hasn't it just been the same all year so yeah no i mean it, you know i i was saying to someone earlier today i actually think they're the daylight is a little bit closer on this than a lot of people think, which may sound absolutely insane after what we watched last night. But, you know, I mean, my my general point, if we want to get right into this, is, is yeah. that you're, at, you're asking a team, um, in particular, Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, Evan Bouchard, Darnell Nurse, um, who uh, players been with this organization for you know, a long time to play a system um, that's completely foreign to them, right? Like they have never played this system going back multiple coaches. So, you know, you, I mean, six games, right? Like I, I understand the intense scrutiny that uh, is on this team, but it's six games. I think you, you, you know, you probably need, I wasn't crazy about the idea the other day on whatever the, prior loss was it was a Saturday night or I can't remember and they came back and they skated for 20 minutes I think you have to kind of even if it costs you a couple of games I think you have to have some hard practices and drive some of this stuff into them consistently because you can just see it's it's um, it's tentativeness um, looks like a little bit of indecision and that just come, you know, routine will sort of solve that. I think, um, you know, so yeah, it's too soon to give up on it. Um, I think structurally, I think they understand what they need to do. They just, they're playing very, very passive and, um, you know, it, as as much as it sounds a little bit crazy, the box plus one and the one, one, three in the neutral zone, it's more passive but there are times when you need to be aggressive and um, you know, they're just not doing that because they just haven't done that very much. So, you know, I mean, as much as I would say, you know, it'd be nice if we did something else. I think you got to preach a little patience here. Yeah. uh, It's only six games. Hasn't even been 10% of the season yet. Uh, But you talked about the defensive zone thing and that, that is what a lot, of people are latching on to right now it's there have been some goals where you're kind of like what is everybody doing here i think the one last night where again the guy just walked out in front right before that four players are just staring at the dude with the puck no one's even a little bit aware of what's going on around them my question is how you said you know we're maybe getting close to the light at the end of the tunnel here do you think this team is capable of figuring it out in their d zone yeah i think so i mean this is like so a man-to-man's a man-to-man style of defense, it, you know, I, I I heard a lot of talk in the offseason that this will be a much easier defense, this box plus one. A man-to-man in many ways is actually quite a bit easier because you just attach to the player that you're assigned to and you just follow them everywhere. And that is a really actually, that's actually a really quite easy system to play. This system can also be easy, but what you have to do is it temper your um, natural instinct to be aggressive and go towards the puck. It relies on you 
sinking down into the slot and staying very patient and waiting for the team to get fed up and send in the 55-foot wrist shot that gets blocked and away you go. So what you're seeing last night in particular, more than anything, was just some players. So the counter to the box plus one, if you're offensive, is to spread out the zone, get wide and get high and try and drag these players out of the box. And that's just naturally what is happening to the Oilers because they are so used to this man-to-man system. I think they're just caught in between right now. And, you know, so I think you just have to allow this to evolve a little bit, but, you know, in terms of their high danger chances against or scoring chances against, I'm actually pretty okay with it. It just, you know, the, the issue, you know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't here, because the issue last year, which resulted in the changes was these five bell, you know, highlight real completely embarrassing goals against where guys were left and you're seeing it again, but that's just the nature of, you know, any defensive system is going to give that up when you're asking a team to learn a completely new defensive system. And Oh, by the way, go back to the one, one, three, which yes, they ran for a half a season, two years ago. It's a lot of change. I think you just got to be patient. I'm very intrigued for your take on this next one because you're a guy who watched the game so closely. You break down the systems and all that. You also have an eye on numbers and all of that. Where are we at with Evan Bouchard right now? Because a lot of people are ready for him to be stapled to the bench unless it's a power play. Some people are saying, hey, it's not that bad. Just every mistake's ending up in the back of his net. And eventually that that just won't be sustained. Where are you at with Bouchard? I think the game's too fast for him right now. Um, Again, the same thing. So if you think about Bouchard in terms of his defensive play, obviously we hear comments like he's, he's very um, uh, relaxed and uh, he doesn't, doesn't hear danger, see danger uh, fast enough. And I, I think that's right. But, but I also think that's the way he plays a little bit. Like he's a bigger man with a long reach. And what he tries to do is he absorbs the check into him and then he makes his defense. Defensive play. The issue with this uh, zone type defense for him is, is that he's not sure what to do now, because if he's on the weak side, um, he's just kind of standing there and he's not supposed to go out and chase people or he's not supposed to, you know, when a person comes through his zone, he's not supposed to attach. So I just think it's, um, you know, the game is the game itself is pretty fast for him right now because he's in a new system. I don't think you can do anything other than just continue to be patient with him. Um, I, I think you could reduce his minutes. I think we could put him, you know, last night would have been a perfect example where, uh, you know, they're stuck, right? They have to play 11 and seven until they resolve this, you know, injury issue, cap issue, however you want to call it. But really last night, you're, what you would have been best to do at that point would have been to move Broberg up, move Bouchard down, let, you know, and just give him a reset on the game. But I, that he's just too talented of a player. You just cannot give up. I mean, if we go down the line of a Jeff Petrie or a, a Schultz again, I'm going to look like, I mean, this city, man, they, they eat their young right-handed defenseman for lunch. It's just hard to, you know, hard to listen to. You just got to be patient. It is what it is. What, what, do you, what have you thought of Broberg so far then? I thought last night so, was one of his better games. I like Broberg. Like, yeah. I, I don't have any problem. Like, I think, you know, part of the problem is, is that, and this is like, this is just a classic, right? I mean, you, he's, a, he's the eighth overall pick. And I mean, it like, have, can we see any more Cole Caulfield highlights? And I mean, I was there saying like, you know, before the draft, take Matthew Boldy. We didn't take Boldy, whatever. Right. Like, so he's, you know, and we do this in the city, right? Where we say to them, are we immediately assign where they were drafted to how they need to play. The draft is sunk. That's a sunk mm-hmm. cost. It's gone and finished. I, you know, he's not a spectacular player in terms of highlight real stuff, but he's going to, if you can just hang with him, he is going to give you 15 years of top four minutes. He's going to be okay enough on the offense and he's going to be a shutdown defenseman. I'm convinced he's going to be a shutdown defenseman. He skates well. He's physical enough when he wants to. He's aggressive which is 
you know, something this defense needs a little bit more of, and he's got a big, long reach on him. I, I liked his game last night, and I've liked his game really all year, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think he's he's come a long way this season, and I think last season he had a pretty good stretch, and I believe he got yeah. hurt for a little bit too. But obviously there's only one man who can save this city, Bruce, and his name is Raphael Lavoie, according <laughs> to everybody. How is Raphael Lavoie doing in Bakersfield so far? So, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I was I was saying to another version last night. Had the had the Bakersfield Condors played the schedule the rest of the AHL had played, I really wonder where we'd be at. They've only played three games, right? Mm. So, um, other you know, most other teams are five, six games, four or five, six games, but a lot at five or six. And I, he has been dynamic. A um, little bit of a slow start uh, in the first game, uh, and then he really even the game that where they laid the egg uh, in the home opener. Thought he had really good moments last night. He was fantastic. He scored a couple of nice power play goals. Um, you know, the big thing is he's moving his feet. I think that's the important piece with him. Um, I hear a lot about people worrying about his defensive game. I just never worry about his defensive game. I, you know, I think what goes unremembered is is that this guy was counted on in the penalty kill at the world juniors right like Mm -hmm. he has that ability in him and and for him it's just his move his feet stuff and um you know he was physical last night he's been physical all year but he's you know particularly last night he was skating well scored a couple of goals um the only thing I would say is he is not going to save the uh, Edmonton Oilers. I mean, you know, he, he can contribute for sure. And I, you know, again, like you look at, um, you know, I mean, I'm watching Adam Ernie last night and then at the same time I'm watching Lane Peterson as an example, and it's not Rafi Lavoie, but just, I look at Lane Peterson versus, you know, cause you don't want to put a Rafi Lavoie in this situation, but mm-hmm. if Adam Ernie is going to get that kind of ice time, I don't know. Under, I don't understand why Lane Peterson isn't here. Like he, he's a right-handed shot. He, he can take face-offs. He brings a little bit of offense. Like he can do more. He can do more than what Adam Ernie can do. Bring him up. Anyways, Rafi Lavoie has been very good. Yeah, I, I'm always one. I, I never like the whole riot in the street over a roster move. I like to see things play out a little bit first. I think I'm good. I think I've had my fair share of Adam Ernie. I think uh, in Colorado day, send him down to be a good vet in Baco. Hundred percent right. Like it's I I I um I mean he's he's Jag right? Like just yeah. an, like it's the same guy over and over again that they love to sign, and mm-hmm. I mean we get the uh, same result. Yeah. Uh, one more Condors one for me. Sure. Uh, how did Sam Gagne look in his season debut? We love Sam Gagne. I, um, you know, see, so here's the, here's the, here's the irony is, you know, on this is that, I mean, I, I don't, I think the game at the NHL level has passed him by his foot speed. Doesn't look great. Um, at that level though, he, I mean, he has brain, he has such a big brain on the ice. It's unbelievable. So like he thinks the game so well, he gets away with a lot of stuff at the HL level that I don't think he would at the NHL level, but what, you know, it's one game. So, you know, they've got a couple more this week and we'll see how it looks, but he just brings, first of all, the raw, the, the lineup looks better because now it's a 12 and a six. And what the coach has done, Coach Chalk, which I actually have to give him a lot of credit because uh, I was not his biggest fan the first half of last year, is he's tried to put skill with skill. Um, so, you know, last night you had Gagne with Borgo and Peterson, and that was just a really nice look. You could just see Borgo play so much freer, almost like he was surprised that there were players available in spots where, you know, they should be, right? And he was... He, so he was very good. I would, I really don't want to see him in Edmonton as rude as that might sound, because I just think these kids down in Bakersfield are going to benefit so much for him down there. Ah, it's such a shame because you know, he wants to be here so bad. You know, the locker room yep. wants him here so bad. The fan base oh. wants him here so bad. It's he's such yeah. a good story, but I think I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. And, and who knows? I mean, if I remember right, it's hips uh, or a hip, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I, you know, I, ten games, maybe, maybe it's a different look. But you know, he balance doesn't look great, speed doesn't look great. But you know, this is only his first game, so let's give it ten games to see where we get to. Fair enough. Yeah. 
All right, Bruce. I think that's all the time we got here because we're Perfect. already at 1246. I really appreciate the insight. You calmed me down. I was yelling. I was screaming about Jack Campbell. I was calling people idiots. I'm good now. I'm still, so thank you. Okay. Well, listen, I, I'm glad to help and uh, the invoice is in the mail. <laughs> if we actually had to pay for this, we'd be in trouble because it'd be worth a lot. Uh, there's Bruce Turlock on the Star Mechanical guest line, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. You can find out more at Star Mechanical dot c a yeah that's great uh, just calm me right down it'll be okay it's been six games seven point some percent of the season yeah screw everything else that just happened we're fine boys we're cruising we're away now we're chilling um <laughs> a lot of people comparing sam gagne to connor brown not the same thing connor brown has upside connor brown i think will still score 20 goals this year i think when connor brown gets rolling you will be very surprised at how effective he starts to look um, this is fine with Connor Brown. I'm willing to say it's only six games. I think probably the only way for Sam Gagne to get on this lineup is if Derek Ryan gets hurt. Yeah, I think a couple of things should have to go wrong for for Gagne to be up here. Um, do you mind if we do a little a little thing quickly, Tyler? Sure. I know we've got a little bit to get to, but I want to run past you my my projected lines for tomorrow night. All right, hit okay? me with them. Okay, first line: Bryce Idle center, Evander Kane. Warren Fogel. Yeah. All right. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Second line, Nuge, centering Holloway and Hyman. Third line, yeah. I'm going McLeod down the middle, Jan Mark and Brown. Fourth line, Derek Ryan, and hopefully someone other than Adam Ernie, but probably Adam Ernie. <laughs> yeah, probably Adam Ernie. I, I don't hate it, man. I really don't. I think yeah. that the jam that Warren Fogel's playing with. I I think uh, I think that could benefit that dry side of line. I thought Evander Kane actually had a pretty okay hockey game yesterday. I I don't love he him on the power. Being honest, um, I he scored great, awesome. I I love seeing the production. That is ultimately what that dude is judged on. I felt like the play was dying on his stick a little bit too much in that game. I want someone else probably playing power play over him. Um, but I thought Evander Kane looked much better at five on five. Warren Fogel looked great. Play them with dry saddle. I like your thinking. Dylan Holloway, once again, looked good. Just didn't mm-hmm. get enough offensive looks. Does he yeah. get more offensive look, looks playing with Nuge and Hyman? I would think, I would think yes. If Fogel's getting them, why can't Holloway get them? There you go. Then you do it. So I agree with you on the entire top six. Um, third line. Yeah, I'm mocking yeah, I Cloud and Brown. on a B-way yesterday. Like, damn. He did have a good chance. That's why maybe spread it out a little bit. Yeah, spreading Yamak out is really a statement I didn't think I was going to say this yeah, year. Neither did I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't hate that third line. I worry about their ability to produce. Um, like, there's a part of me that's in here going, God, like, Connor Brown is a complimentary winger. Maybe the reason we think he's failing is just because he's not going to produce with Ryan McLeod, right? Yeah, I mean, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe even go a little crazier here and just combine that third line back again and put Brown on the first line, and you go mm-hmm. Holloway, McLeod, Fogel. It worked. Mulek and Kyle both said Fogel on the power play take Kane out. I mean, at this point, I think you just ride the hot hand. I think that spot is like a little dessert spot. You get a little reward if you're playing good. Then you know. I I think the the way the power play needs to run is through Nuge, Dry, and. Boosh, not it yeah. can at the puck too much. He needs to be like Hyman, where he essentially just doesn't touch the puck until it's in the in the crease and he has to tap it home. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I know I said earlier in the show I was gonna do the thing where I rank goaltending D zone structure coaching in the depth scale one to ten. I'm actually gonna do an article on that today on OilersNation.com. So you can get my takes on that there, and maybe we'll dissect it a little bit more tomorrow on the show when we have Jay on. We'll do a little round table style thing. Um, but for now, let's get to the menu for this evening, and it's delivered by our friends at DoorDash Liam. Ding-dong. You can get 25% off. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and no delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they use the promo code NATION25. That is all capitals on NATION. Um, Shout out to DoorDash. They're your holiday hack. Dash that for the win. Liam, the menu tonight, it is uh, pretty barren. It is a small set menu. Uh, Devil Capitals is the lone NHL game in this one. Um, Hunter Shepard expected to be getting the start for the Washington Capitals. I think it's his NHL debut. So 
be on the lookout for that. And uh, also the NBA season kicked off last night. You had the Nuggets beat the Lakers. You had the Warriors lose to the Suns. Tonight, it's the first full slate in the NBA season. I know yourself and our producer, Aaron Bordado, are big NBA fans. So Liam, I wanted you to get me set for the NBA season in 60 seconds. Oh boy. Uh, I put this in the pre-show prep. Yeah, no, did you? No, you didn't. (laughs) Well, you got... You got Wemby. He'll be pretty good this season. Um, obviously, the West is looking pretty good, I would say, with Phoenix stacked up. Will they be healthy for most of the season? Will Jalen Brown be able to dribble with his left hand? I think that's a big thing for Boston this year. You know, pretty critical stuff. According to Pat Bev, the Toronto Raptors have no dogs, and I completely agree. They might be a bottom three team in the Eastern Conference this season. I'm sorry to say, everybody. Masai Jury might be the most overrated GM in the NBA at the moment. And yeah, there you go. Off the top of my head, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Aaron's mouth and jaw. Everything's on the floor for Aaron. Aaron, 60-second NBA preview. Okay, you cannot talk ill of Masai Ujiri. Masai, we trust. He won us a ring with his own brain. My breakdown... Mm -hmm. Eastern Conference, for me, it's between the Bucks and the Celtics. The fact that the Celtics got Drew Holiday and they got Chris Tapps Porzingis, yeah. they're going to be a wagon. For me, it's those two teams. James Harden's at practice today. He's at the strip club one day. He's at practice the next. I don't know what that guy's doing. Western Comp- Raptors, it's going to be a tough year, I think. But, hey, we'll see. I'm always optimistic. You know me. I like Dennis Schroeder on the Raps. Western Conference. Very excited to see Victor Wembanyama. Liam, I don't know if you saw the photo of Andrew Wiggins taking a three ball. Oh, yeah. And it's like Wembanyama is like five feet away from him, hand up, somehow blocks it. The guy is a freak. The Warriors yeah. have Chris Paul. They're old news. I'm excited to see the Suns. And I think the Suns are going to be my team. They're stacked. They'll be fun to watch. Uh, I'm not a huge, huge, huge basketball guy. I think the Wemby debut is kind of like must-watch TV tonight. It is the main course on our DoorDash menu for this evening. The dude is a freak in the absolute best possible way. And if he stays healthy, like we're going to be talking about the best basketball player of all time just off his physical attributes. Yeah, and that's just going to be the biggest headline with him because he's what, he's seven foot six. Like, can he stay healthy? It's not easy to keep a body like that healthy all the time. So, yeah, he's a... He's a freak of nature, but he is a hell of a basketball player. And I don't even know where they play tonight, but I'm going to try and watch it wherever it may be. It's kind of like the Bedard debut. Yeah, You just got to watch it. You got to see what this kid's all about. Uh, Tomorrow in the NHL, it's a full slate, including the Oilers and Rangers at 7 o'clock. We will have a full Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition of the show tomorrow. To wrap up today, though, uh, Betway, what are we wagering on? I am going Devil's Puck Line. They're staying at home. Caps had to travel. Caps going with the dude who I think is making his NHL debut. Give me uh, the Devil's minus goal and a half. Yeah, I like that one. I kind of like a... uh couple of points from Jack Hughes again today too. I wish I could bound Jack Hughes fallen because that seems to be a bit of a thing going around social media at the moment. So that'd be, that'd be a good one, but I'm putting all my money money on the show park crusaders to beat the Bonneville Pontiacs tonight on the road, make it 11 in a row. You cannot do that. There you know, two NHL central scouting came out today. They're all nine players from the AJHL and two from the crusaders. So who are the two different players? There are two crew players, a Diego Johnson, who's committed to Wisconsin, and Ryan Zaremba, who's committed to Minnesota Duluth. So they're both 17? Yeah, 2006 born. I know, crazy. <laughs> Spooky. Uh, all right, there you go. Devils minus one and a half. Liam says back Jack Hughes tonight. And there is your uh, your bets for the day, brought to you by Betway 19+. plus. Please play responsibly uh tyler johnson wants to know who is a better chance or sorry tyler mulek wants to know who is a better chance of being picked zaremba or johnson um oh probably zaremba they're both i think they'll both go but zaremba is a little bit better there you go uh yeah tomorrow short for giant game day edition of the show i believe jay is going to be stopping by for that one and then tomorrow night pre-game in the boardsy um new episode of real life tomorrow and then friday frank cerevalli's in town so he'll be joining us live on the show to do a little bit of oilers talk that is why frank was not on the program today so uh giddy up big shout out to everyone who is on the finning cat youtube chat 
Um, it was a lively one. And if you're still in there right now, we're only at 70 likes. So we got a couple minutes. We want to get the likes up to triple digits every day this week. That is how we're going to build a good omen for the Heritage Classic. So quickly, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't hit the like button yet, go hit that like button. Um, Fitting cat. That is where I was. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> uh, you're not going to want to miss the NHL WestJet Fan Park with Fitting Cat. It's located in the Edmonton Ice District. You can join them this Friday from three till nine and Saturday from noon till six. Swing by the Fitting Cat booth for free swag. Free swag. Ooh. And a chance to sit in some heavy duty equipment, which is pretty cool. The WestJet NHL Fan Park with Fitting Cat. Visit finning.com slash heritage classic. Cat is a proud partner of the NHL and we're excited to have them on board with the show for the next little bit here. Proud sponsor of the YouTube chat, which is always alive. Hammer that like button before we wrap up the show here, everybody. Uh, Bruce Kerlock was fantastic today, Liam. That was very, very good insight and breakdown. He's preaching patience and he is a very, very smart man. If Bruce Kerlock says be patient, we will be patient. Yeah, I mean, I think there's one thing we can learn from this show is number one, venting is a good thing. Getting the feelings off your chest is a very good piece of therapy. Yeah. And number two, like there is some positives with this team. I know they don't seem very bright right now, but there's a lot of things that are still going right. Like Drysada was pretty good last night too. Like we didn't really talk about him today. He had a pretty solid game, but all things considered, it'll It'll be okay, people. We're only, what are we, five, six games into the season. There'll be a point where the Oilers win six in a row. And they'll be they'll be cruising their way. Carolina's sucking right now, too. There's a few other teams down low that are probably not where they deserve to be. And these teams up at the top who probably are where they don't deserve to be. So we'll see. Long way to go. They just got to keep grinding it out. Play better in the third period. We got a third period goal last night, so that's big. Hey, finally, the monkey's off the back. Now they're ready to be uh, the comeback team we uh, we expect them to be. Um, that is a wrap on today's edition of the show. Before you close the window, hammer out that like button. Uh, big, big shout out to our friends at the Sports Closet because we're always coming to you live from the Sports Closet studio. Sherwood Ford, the giant Alberta Blue Cross, Star Mechanical, DoorDash, Ding Dong, Betway, Ding dong. and Finning Cat. Tomorrow, game notes for Wendy's, a Sherwood Ford giant game day, and more all on Oilers Nation every day. We will talk to you tomorrow, 12.01 Mountain Time. See you then.